0: You are now listening to a very special message from Joy Community Church. And um, so I want to talk to you about making 2023 your best year. Making 2023 your best year. And I want to take you to the book of John in the second chapter. I want to read 11 verses. And I want to talk to you about making this your best year. Father, we thank you for the word of the Lord. We thank you for the anointing that's in this place. We thank you that we've been able to lift up our voices, enter in with boldness and no shame, no guilt, standing before you in great confidence that we are people who are called to walk in victory, that we are called to be people who are more than conquerors, that we are people who can resist the enemy and he must obey the word of the Lord, the name of Jesus, and flee from us. We come today because we know how desperate we need the word of the Lord today. We're living in these perilous times with so many different viewpoints that the word of God is unchanging. We can count on it. And today we're counting on it. So we ask for an anointing upon me to speak. But we pray that your anointing would continue in this service to destroy the yoke of bondage, to rear up and stir up new faith, and to open our blind eyes, to open our ears to hear the voice of God, and to tenderize our hearts to receive what you have for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. On the third day, of a a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Dear woman... Why do you involve me, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, Now, draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants had drawn the water new. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. This, the first of his miraculous signs, Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. He thus revealed his glory and his disciples put faith in him put their faith in him make this your best year i am the new year i am an unspoiled page in your book of time i am your next chance to at the art of living i'm your opportunity to practice what you have learned about life during these last 12 months All that you sought and didn't find is hidden in me, waiting for you to search it, but with more determination. All the good that you tried for and didn't achieve is mine to grant when you have fewer conflicting desires. All that you dreamed but didn't dare to do. All that you hoped but did not will. All the faith that you claimed but did not have, these slumber slightly, waiting to be awakened by the touch of a strong purpose. I am your opportunity to renew your alliance to him who said, Behold, I make all things new. Taken from the book, A New You for a New Year. Amen? Jesus realized the importance of giving his total self to others and was willing to make all things new in a moment of challenge, in a moment of crisis, and in a moment of chaos where there was meant to be joy, everlasting joy at the wedding ceremony and celebration. Jesus purposely was used to help take a stressful, embarrassing, and disastrous moment into the best moment for this bridegroom and his bride. Jesus modeled how we can choose to enrich everything that is placed at our disposal. We just have to agree to be used. Amen? Jesus never robs us, steals from us, or impoverishes us. He always returns to us something better than what we were able to present to him. We can make this the best year of our lives as we believe Jesus is the true source of abundance for our own personal lives. That's my prayer for you in 2023. The best is yet to be. Amen. Some of us have gone through difficult seasons, a difficult year, and now we're actually embarking upon the second week of 2023, right? And we're hoping that in the second week, God will launch us into the better and then his best. Amen. Amen. That's what he has for us. I'm going to wake you up this morning, folks. I said, that's what he has for us. So what does the phrase, the best is yet to be, actually mean? What does it represent? And as I've been preparing for the new year, the Lord has spoken to my heart about several things, which I'll be speaking on over the next several weeks and months. And one of the things that he spoke to me personally about is that the best is yet to be James. And I've heard about making this the best year ever. I've heard servants on that many times. I've heard about you can be your best. I've heard about the best is yet to be. I've heard many renditions of that same idea. But then as I was spending quiet time in the Lord and meditating upon these 11 verses, the Holy Spirit whispered something into my spirit and my heart that actually recalibrated the way I was thinking. And he spoke this to me. He said, the best is yet to be actually means that there is evidence, evidence of God's presence in the moment. And I went, let me think about that. And I thought about the times of chaos in my life in 2022. Wow. And then I thought about the most challenging circumstances that I encountered, either whether with the church body or with other individuals or the stresses of life or ministry. And then I thought, well, there have been a lot of those challenges as well. And then I I I thought about then those situations in my own heart that I've been battling with. And that's where usually the battle begins, is within ourselves. It's usually our own attitudes, our own disobedience, our own reluctance, our own wrestling with God to find God in that moment. It's, sometimes we're not being rebellious. Sometimes it's lack of wisdom. It's lack of understanding. It's lack of insight. We don't have all the pieces together. And so it creates this confusion. And often in that place, we don't wait for the best to come. We settle for the better and not the best. And so there has to be in those moments where there's conflict and challenge and crisis and chaos and the wrestling with the Lord, there has to be in that moment in your heart for a settling to come in your soul, in your spirit, where there's this evidence that God's presence is now in that moment. Sometimes you want to jumpstart God and move out of what He's hoping to train, to teach, to equip to qualify, to quantify, and to engage our hearts at a whole new level than we ever have before. We don't like that because it requires even a greater commitment than we thought we already had. And so when he whispered that to my heart, I said, Lord, may I make room in my everyday for there to be the evidence of your presence. And then I had to ask the Lord, what, okay, if there's not evidence of your presence in the moments that I'm going through, what am I currently doing or what do I need to do to welcome that presence in a greater way? If I want the best in my life. Not settling for what's better or what's the usual, but what's the best for me. I don't know about you, but I want the best for me. I want to share with you seven helpful hints that I have pulled out of the 11 verses that we just read. And I want these helpful hints to really be something you take seriously this year. Because if we're going to move forward as joy, and if we're going to actually link heart and arms with Jesus to do what he's calling us to do, we're going to need to really consider these. And I call them helpful hints. I'm not telling you what you have to do. I'm encouraging you to consider what I'm asking you to do. And when I look at... The scriptures, I look at verses one to three and I see that God knows your availability and He wants to use you in times of crisis. Some of us think we're available, some of us think we've made ourselves available, but when He gets us into that situation that we're uncomfortable with, we all of a sudden are no longer available. We come up with reasoning and excuses, and we come up with uh, uh, things, arguments with the Lord, and we come up with always selling ourselves short so that we minimize who we are so that when God looks upon us and sees us past our limitations, we don't want to see ourselves past our limitations we accept our limitations and therefore we don't break through our limitations we settle in and that's where we're going to be god saying nope not in 2023 i'm going to challenge that in your life he says i first of all i'm in charge of your life second of all i know what time you wake up in the morning yeah, come on. i know when you're available you may not think you're available and you may actually actually, come under the radar so that you're not available. And the Lord's saying, <laughs> my spirit is moving to and fro. And I'm looking for those that I can use. Amen. I'm a God who doesn't sleep or slumber. Don't tell me I don't know when you're available. Let me remind you I know when you're available. And I can use you in a crisis. And this wedding celebration was about to be a disaster. And it appeared that the groom's family had not made the adequate preparations. And nor had they actually communicated one of the Jewish customs. And one of the Jewish customs of the day was that if you were invited to come to this, you yourself were to bring wine to the festivities. I bet you didn't know that was a custom. But that was a custom in the day. Well, Jesus had just collected five new disciples. And they were coming along for the journey. They did not rush home from Bethany, which was 90 miles to Canaan, to go home and get wine. They were on a traveling ministry trip, and he was teaching them along the way. And it was a three-day journey, and they got there, and they had no wine. To actually help the bridegroom and groom. I mean the bridegroom and the bride, excuse me. Um, And so he reveals, Jesus reveals that he's available and he's ready to turn a crisis into a celebration of joy so that the latter would be better than what was offered first. There are seasons in our lives that we look at ourselves and our shortcomings and we look at ourselves, you know, we didn't achieve all these goals in 2022 and I did, I'm, I did not actually accomplish the things that I sent out to accomplish and I fell short here and I weigh, I weigh an extra this this year. And God's like, I don't measure that, by the way. I measure your availability. I can take care of the rest. Amen? I like what John Piper wrote. He said, what is God looking for in the world? Assistance? No. The gospel is not about a help-wanted ad. It is a help-available ad. God is not looking for people to work for him, but people who let him work mightily in and through them. It is a choice to be used by God. It is a choice to be available to God in moments of crisis when you don't have what it takes to solve the situation or bring solution to the problems. God's just saying, are you willing? There are many situations as a pastor, and I had many this week, <laughs> What a way to start the new year. But many this week where I did not have the wisdom necessary to guide, lead, but I knew who to rely upon. And I said, I'm available. And the Holy Spirit said, you better say yes, because you're preaching it this weekend. (laughs) Amen. I said, yes, quickly, by the way. You see, the best is yet to be when we realize Jesus does not simply just get us through, he improves on the situation. Amen? So what is your mindset When there are challenges, what is your mindset and attitude when there's chaos in your life? What is your mindset when you're confused? What is your mindset when you lack clarity? Do you actually go to the Lord? Do you actually open the word of the Lord? Do you actually bend your heart and your spirit in humility and cry out and say, I don't know what you want to do. I don't know how to do this. I'm not qualified. Qualified, but I need your help and guidance. Is that the first place you go? <clears throat> not. We're all going to say yes today because we're in church. The answer is no. Most of us, 70% of the Christians or 60 to 70% Christians do not go to the word of God for their daily direction. That's a very, that's Christians. That's a high percentage of people not being led or trusting in the word of God. I challenge you, the best is yet to be when we realize Jesus does not simply get us through, he improves your situation, amen. Boy, do I need him to improve my situation. What is that situation right now in your life? Tell him what it is and let him take care of that. The second helpful hint is this. Be careful not to prescribe to God what he must do, but humbly present your concern to him. We see that in verse 3. Humbly present your concern to him. Knowing who her son was, Mary solicited that Jesus assist the bridegroom. She assumed that Jesus would make a public manifestation of his supernatural abilities as the Messiah. And the bridegroom was called to extend lavish hospitality. And the lack of wine would have mortified the wedding couple and it would have been a disgrace not only to them as a couple, it would have been a disgrace to their family and it would have been a disgrace to the God who provides. Interesting. That caught my attention. Mary wanted to meet the need and eliminate the disgrace of the bridegroom. But we need to understand that when when God is doing what God is doing and he's choosing to use us, then he'll use us, right? But at this moment that the mother Mary who knew Jesus and his capability and his capacity as Messiah, she thought it was time now. Do it now. And Jesus actually responds to that. And we need to be cautious that our attitude is not demanding, it's not assuming, and it's not pushy when we're caught in a crisis. You want the best to be in your life, the best yet to be, then you need to let your attitude be one of humility and teachability as you rely on God to intervene. And we know that Mary took a submissive position and heart. How do we know that? She tells the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. There's the surrender. There's the submission. There's the yielding. If there's some things that I need to pick up this year, are those three things. (laughs) Surrender, which we sang about. Right? Submit and be teachable in the moment. We want the best to be yet to be, in 2023, then we really need to be humble in heart and teachable in spirit. We read Jesus' response in verses 4 to 5, and and he says to his mother in verse 4, Dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. And we learn from those two verses another helpful hint that the, the best can be at this moment, 2023. And the hint is this. You are, able to, are you able to move in perfect synchronization with God? God wants us to move in perfect synchronization with him. He wants us on his timetable, not ours. Jesus' response, my hour is not yet come. He he knew that God was not directing him at that moment. He knew it was not the moment to glorify himself when she asked. And so, it's not yet my time to act. And God will give you a clear word in your heart, this is time ta- this is ta- I'm asking you to do this. This is the moment. I'm not waiting for three more uh, hours of intercessory prayer. I'm not waiting for another Sunday to worship. I'm not waiting for the sun to set and the sun to rise. I'm saying it's time now. Do it now. Come on. Do it now. I'm asking you to do it now. Are you ready to do it now? Jesus teaches us from Ecclesiastes 3.1, to everything, there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. That that helps me so much. Because can I tell you, people people will expect things of you. People have their emergencies and they want to put that monkey on your back and make it your emergency. People don't do what they should have been doing and because they haven't done what they should be doing, they're expecting you to do and clean up what they should have not had cleaned up. Can I tell you? Oh, people don't like messages like this. Pastor, you're revved up. I'm telling you I'm revved up because it's the truth. And so here we are. And Jesus is saying, there is a purpose under heaven. And in the purpose of heaven is always the right time allotment. And the person assigned to the purpose. That's always in the Father heart of God. And we see that very clearly in this chapter. And D, uh, Jesus teaches us not to face life with impatience. His mother's being impatient. Not to presume too much. She's presuming because she knows him. He's the one. Well, we know he is the one, but it's just not time. You may be the one, but it might not be time. And if it's, if it's going to be... If the best is yet to be, then it has to be in the timing of the Lord. He's concerned about that for you. I love that about, I mean, if Jesus can say, not yet, God's saying to us, we get to say, not yet, if we're walking in what? Obedience. That's the key. The best is yet to come as you stop and you listen, and you seek God's timing and guidance before what? You rush into making decisions. Before you rush into impulsivity. Spontaneity without wisdom and without the guidance of the Holy Spirit only creates an inner turmoil that creates us moving out of the will of God and the purpose of God. That's what it does. I remember when I had the car accident in August, and uh, Brian and Sherry Riley and Chris and Frank were there to help me out, and I was I was very I was kind of you know numb, and I wasn't thinking clearly. And some would say, Pastor, you're numb most of the time and you don't think clearly. But I know on that night I was numb and I wasn't thinking clearly. I was in shock. I was in shock because I didn't know if somebody was hurt. I didn't know if I was hurt. I didn't know what, was, what just happened. And so here we are, and uh, the fire department comes, and nobody comes to tow the truck, and the cops didn't come, and da-da-da, and it was chaos. And then the person uh, who I hit, his son had actually just been killed that day. That was uh, uh, So this guy, forget my trauma. Immediately, I knew in the moment something was about to happen. I didn't know what, but I knew that I wasn't just supposed to be the poor little victim. And so I kind of gave them space at first and then kind of moved in and began to minister to the individual man. He was a lovely person, and his heart was broken. My car was just smashed. He had lost a loved one already that day. You hear what I'm saying? I think we have to put things into perspective. I think the best that's yet to come occurs when we have a different perspective on the reality of the circumstance. Whoa, that was a lesson I took away from that accident. And really needing the wisdom of the Lord because every step I I had to take was step by step and I never, I didn't know what to do. And, and my insurance company wasn't helping me very well, so I knew I had to be responsible. And so, and then I was, I didn't know there were certain things that you needed to do in such an accident because the police weren't on the scene. So being responsible, I did everything I was supposed to do. And actually the police woman said, you are a very responsible person. <laughs> I said, well, th- thank you, officer. <laughs> and um, and then going along, I was told, well, pull your car here. Pull your car there. Uh, we're going to actually total your car. No, we're not going to total your car. We're going to do this. No, we're not going to repair it there. We're going to repair it there. No one, And it went back. It was like this ping pong game. And the Lord just said, seek me. Yes. Seek me. Yes. And I will guide you through this. And so I did. And so somebody came, and, and, and it was a time to purchase a new car now. And I was told by a car dealership that that type of car and its years and its miles, I would only get a certain amount of money and it wouldn't be enough to put a down payment on a car. And the Holy Spirit said, no, 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 trust me in this. I didn't know what that meant. And then they would say, well, you're not going to get paid for it because we're we're actually going to fix it. Then they said, I got a call the next day, and they said, no, we're not going to fix it, and the money's in your account. And I'm like, what just happened? And, and they said, so I went to my account, and there was a lot of money in my account that I knew I didn't save. They had put uh, over double of what they said they were going to give me. Wow. Thank you, thank you. Which allowed me to actually get a brand new car. That's the only reason... I have a brand new car, is because I was able to do that. And I've never had a brand new car in my entire life. And God took the worst situation and turned it for better. I mean, it was a picture of how he does that. There was no way in heaven or earth I was able to afford a new car. I'm just telling you that. But you see, that's when we stay in sync with God... When we actually just tell him the truth about what just happened, went down, do you think he's not capable of moving heaven and earth to move, make a way? Wow. Can I tell you, he wants to move heaven and earth this yes. year for us? Yes. He really does. But he's asking you and I to be in synchronization with the Holy Spirit. He saying, get the finger up. Where's the wind blowing? Because that's the direction I'm moving in the Holy Ghost, right? I make, I'm making, I'm giving you a picture. Please don't do that. You know what I mean? But is the wind really blowing in this circumstance, in this challenge, in this crisis? And if it's not, it's not time for you to make your own decisions. It's time to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He'll add unto you what he needs to add unto you. But he wants to do that. Uh, the best is yet to be. I really believe that. We look at verses 4 to 5, and we see here that we need to learn to deal with other people's expectations. And Jesus, is, he, he, he's there, and he's really uh, dealing with his mother, and he's dealing with the bride and the bridegroom and the whole situation. He's trying to listen He's trying to deal with, he loves his mother, by the way. He respects his mother. This is, he's not like outright rebuking her, you know what I mean, with disdain. He's correcting her because she's assumed that as the Messiah, he's supposed to glorify himself at that moment. And he wants to make sure she understands that it has to be, listen, has to be the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what he's teaching us. He's saying, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. I'm going to teach you something. Make sure the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are a part of this crisis, of this decision, of this situation in your life. Don't just, well, Jesus told me to do this. Whoa, 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 whoa. How about Father God? How about the Holy Ghost? what, What are they actually collectively saying to you in the moment? I like that idea. In his book, Living Beyond the Ordinary, Pastor Hayford says this about expectations. He says, we all have them, and we order our lives around them. They motivate us, they change us, challenge us, and sometimes even disturb us. I like that. They can lift us up or they can let us down, crown us or trash us. Their fulfillment can elude us for years and even a lifetime. And yet at times they come to fruition faster than we could have ever hoped or feared. Often the way in which expectations finally become realities knocks us off our feet. That's a great quote from that book. And Jesus corrected and readjusted his mother's expectations and assumptions. And he was reminding his mom not to intervene in a matter that had no dependence on her recommendation. Ooh, I thought of that. Whose recommendation was he waiting for? His mother raised him. His mother had pondered all those things in her heart. It wasn't like she was a stupid mother. This mother was aware. This mother was traveling with him in the moment where his glory had not yet been displayed. You have to understand that. She was assigned to travel with him from Bethany into Ghana Uh, 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 Cana excuse me uh, for the purpose of this moment because her very asking and recommendation would allow him to hear and be ushered into a ministry of the miraculous and supernatural and yet he's correcting her because he's not yet heard the voice that's necessary to release him to activate the power of Almighty God within his life. And I think there are many situations that are on your shelves today because you are capable in your own way, in your own mind, with your own energy, and your own know-how, and your own intellect, in your own gifts, and your own talent, that you forget that there is a Father and a Son and a Holy Ghost who's saying, Do, am I in on this? Because I want to be in on this. And because you're so capable and you have such a capacity, and because I'm the one who gave you the privilege to have the life experience that you all have had, you think you're more qualified. I think I'm more qualified to make my decisions than I let God help me. That's going to change in 2023. I'm uncomfortable with that. I'm just going to be honest. Because I like to be capable. I like to tell people what to do. (laughs) I'm just being honest. I like to be in the know. I like when God gets to use me. But I don't want to step three steps ahead of him. I want to be synchronized. And I don't want to have to meet everybody's approval rating that i'm getting 10 from the russian judge today because i preached a good word my life is not based on the last success i had it's based on my faithfulness to god come on, come on. amen and neither is yours i'm not here to be successful I'm not here to be a pastor who has a 1,000, 2,000-member church. I haven't been assigned that responsibility. I'm here to be faithful to the call and the purpose of Joy Community Church. And if that includes other blessings, then I'll move in that direction. But I'm not here to fulfill your wishes and wants and woes. I'm here to fulfill and be faithful and fruitful in the kingdom of God here and now. Amen? That's what you're here for. Oh, pastor, get off your little hot horse. No, stay there. Stay there. Stay there. Stay there. Or stay on it and ride into the sunset and leave us alone. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> oh, pastor, James had a funny. I can't help it. You know, I have a lot more to share, but I'm going to end right there because I think that's a sweet spot. Right there. You know, the best is yet to be When we decide we are willing to manage our own expectations, what have you assumed? What have you recommended? And what have you been pushing for, demanding others of, that God is not saying it's time yet? Let's pray. We'll continue this next week. Heavenly Father, we come here today and we have had a wonderful time in your presence. We are blessed that Will and Pastor Mike have joined us today. We've met with you. We've heard from you. We thank you for the ministry of prayer for Rochester. And we thank you, Father, that you are sit- setting our hearts aflint that this we can make this our best year. We thank you, Lord, that the best is yet to be. And we're expecting, Lord God, that there will be evidence of your presence in the moment. Lord, help us to use these helpful hints so that we can have the year that you have designed, the year that you are going to release us into, and the year that you have planned to equip, prepare, and release us for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Isn't he cool? God's good. He's good. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at joycc.info.